Today's podcast features an article from Discern Magazine. The Power of Hope by Mike Bennett. I don't know how I would get through losing my husband if I didn't have the hope of the resurrection and the promise of no more pain and tears, said Laura, a young widow. Hope helps me not to be overwhelmed by the current conditions of the world, the suffering I can't fix, the injustices I can't stop. You know, hope may seem like a soft and fuzzy thing that it's hard to wrap your mind around, but the people who hang on to hope as a lifeline say that it is stronger than any material known to man, and it is really powerful against the forces that sometimes come after us and attack our thinking. Let me tell you a few stories from some Christians who have learned this and who depend on the power of hope. A lady named Carol said, as a single mother raising three children and very little income, sometimes all we had was hope. There are a lot of people like her who find themselves sometimes in just a constant struggle, and hope is the resource that sees them through that. Another lady named Sherry told me about her hope in the midst of a severe trial. She said, one month ago, we lost our son. It is the hope of seeing him again and knowing that to him, it will just be a moment in time. He will awaken to a whole new world. I have great hope in knowing that he will find his place in that world and will eventually become a son of God. She has that hope because of having the truth of God. Margaret talked about her hope in the future. She said, when my son was dying with cancer, the knowledge of God's plan for him gave me much comfort and hope. I know I will see him in the kingdom of God. Another person wrote, I don't think there's a day that can go by successfully without clinging on to hope. Where would our lives be without it? Without the promise of something far beyond what we know, far better than what we can imagine. In my darkest hours, my darkest trials, when all felt lost, it was the only thing that kept me afloat nose barely above the surface, the hope that one day I could fully be out of the way of my own progress, that this tent, this body is only temporary, that God has something amazing planned for all of humanity if we will choose life. Is there anything else worth more? It's a great question. What is hope worth? Others have told me about chronic debilitating medical conditions, sleepless nights, painful accidents, miscarriages, the deaths of children and other loved ones, and just a lot of traumatic situations that all humans will find themselves in from time to time. And it was only hope in God's promises that saw them through these trials. Hope in God's promises and prayers of friends and church family helped me endure, said Sarah. And Sometimes it's what we need is just endurance to get through. Knowing that true peace, true joy, and a world filled with the knowledge of God are coming is still what I cling to today, she said. John said this. He said, during a time of great personal stress several years ago, Psalm 42.8 and Isaiah 41.10 were personal anchor verses. And Revelation 21.4 gives such great hope for the future. Another man named Roy, haunted by the deaths of some loved ones told me, hope, solid, proven hope of future lives for those who have died 
That's what leads and lifts and carries us. So many real people who have learned to have hope, they have learned what one of the most famous verses in the Bible tells us. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Let's think a while about that. Faith is our belief and our trust in the most trustworthy being in the universe, God. That is what provides the substance, the confidence, the firm trust, the assurance that supports the reality of the things we hope for. Faith and hope work together very closely. Our hope rests in the power and the promises of God, and that what, whatever God says that he will do. That's what Paul said when he wrote to Titus in Titus 1-2. He said, we live in hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began. So God promised eternal life, and we believe that promise, and so we live in hope of eternal life. We don't have it yet, but we believe that we will. The book of Hebrews expands on this. In Hebrews 6, verses 18 through 19, it says that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold on the hope set before us. Sometimes that's our only refuge in life is to flee to that refuge by laying hold on the hope that we have. And he says, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. It's that anchor when the seas around us are tossing and throwing us around. David said this about God. He said, you are my rock and my fortress. You are my strength. That's in Psalm 31. And he said, be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart, all you who hope in the Lord. So hope is really critical. It's those who hope in God that have the basis of having courage and having God respond by strengthening our hearts. Jeremiah wrote about this. Uh, that's where in Jeremiah 17, beginning in verses 5 through 8, God contrasts the worthlessness of trusting in other human beings with the blessing that comes from hoping in Him. Jeremiah wrote, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord. He shall be a tree planted by waters, which spreads out its roots by the river, and doesn't fear when the heat comes. His leaf will be green, and he won't be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. In other words, he's drawing a parallel to a tree planted by a river that has that source during times of drought and during very difficult times, has the source of water which keeps it strong and healthy. It was Jeremiah's way of talking about the the deep-rooted stability in a person's mind that comes from the power of hope in God. A few chapters later, God expressed his love for Israel, who was in captivity in Babylon, when he said, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. So God says he gives the hope. He gives it through his word, through his promises. That's why studying the plan and the promises of God and his desire for us to be his children is so important because it helps solidify our faith. It helps give power to our hope. Now, a few things to consider. 
Hope is not something that we either have it or we don't have it. Hope can falter and it can grow. We can strengthen our hope by studying the Bible. And it's many stories about the power of hope. If you just look up the word hope in the Bible, you will see it is a major theme. And there are stories of people who held that. Paul wrote in Romans 15, verse 4, Whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we, through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. So where do we go to for hope? The first place is to go to the Scripture. Paul also, in chapter 5 of Romans, explained a different way that Christians can look at trials and difficulties. If you have hope, it changes your perspective on how to make something positive come out of a trial. He said in Romans 5, verses 3 through 5, we also glory in tribulations. Now, we don't like tribulations. Nobody does. But we realize there's a certain benefit of growth that can come out of them. How's that? Well, he went on to say, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. And then he said, hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. There's an element of having God's Spirit, which works in us to give us the love of God, and the love of God's promises and of His plan means that we know, we just know, that our hopes will not be disappointed. And the thing of it is, as we grow in our hopes, it motivates us to change and to endure and to persevere in such a way that we are doing it like God. We are motivated to become more and more like God and live in a more pure and righteous and holy way. It's like John wrote about in 1 John 3, verses 1 and 3. He said, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. He said, look at this. Think about the love that God has for us, that we have the opportunity to become children of God. And then he said, everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself, just as he is pure. Everyone who has this hope in him, and that's referring to God, will purify himself. In other words, if you believe that, if you have hope in God, you will strive to live purely, just as he is pure. So, It helps us through life now, but our hope ultimately is not just in being delivered from this human life or in the trials of this life. Our ultimate hope lies in being saved spiritually and being given the promise of eternal life, meaningful life, a joyous life. And this incredible hope of being God's children forever, that hope, when that is established, it just serves as a protection from anything that the world can throw at you. In 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 8, Paul described hope as a piece of the spiritual armor of God. He said, Let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. He was drawing this parallel to to being clad with armor, spiritual armor that protects us from the world. And part of that armor, the helmet, is the hope of salvation. Salvation refers to being saved from sin and death and being given eternal life. As Paul called it in Colossians 1.27, he called it the hope of glory. He said, To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. What is that glory? He said, It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, it's also important to note 
that the hope of deliverance is not just for a few people, but for all creation. In Romans 8, Paul described creation as having been suffering through futility, he called it, and corruption, and how it's just waiting in hope of deliverance. He stated, the creation is eagerly waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. What that tells us is that by definition, then, hope always is something that is in the future. Hope is a way of thinking about the future in a positive way, in an optimistic way. He says in Romans 8, verses 24 and 25, we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? In other words, if you have something already, if you have what you've been hoping for, then you don't have to hope for it anymore. You have it. So hope, by definition, is always something that's in the future, looking for something that we don't have yet, but we know we will. He goes on to say, but if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Now, though it is future, that doesn't make it any less real. It doesn't make it any less sure. And that's where faith and hope come in. We hope for these things because we have faith that they will happen. As that hope is developed, the hope of a Christian can become more unshakable than anything in the spiritual realm. You know, we think of our earth as solid and stable until an earthquake comes, but nothing can shake the promises of God. In Hebrews 12, 28, it talks about that. It says, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. And that's where we rest our hope. It's for this life, but more importantly, it transcends this life. David wrote, Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope. Psalm 16, 9. People who have hope in God can go to their graves in rest, in peace, in hope, knowing and confident of what their future is. Now, Peter made clear that resting in hope referred to Jesus Christ's death and resurrection. In Acts 2, verses 25 through 26, through his resurrection from the dead, we can also have hope and resurrection that we can be resurrected. And Paul, you know, Paul had to argue against people who question the promise of being raised from the dead. There were skeptics. There always will be. But Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 19 through 22, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable. If it's just for this life, well, that's so temporary. But now, Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. That's what God promises. That's what we hope for. That's what we believe in in faith. The awesome truth is that those who are Christ will be raised to incorruptible, immortal life at Christ's coming. David painted a really beautiful picture of this hope of eternal life. He said in Psalm 1611, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. I mentioned earlier that the Bible connects faith, hope, and love many times. All of these three godly characteristics produce fruit. Paul addressed the members of the church in 1 Thessalonians for their work of faith, labor of love, 
and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. These things are tied together. Faith, belief in God and his promises, motivates us to strive to live as Jesus lived and to walk as he walked. Uh, That's what it says about the work of faith. This means obeying God and doing his works, as he said in John 14, 12, and 15. Then you have love, the outgoing concern that is the core characteristic, the essential characteristic of God in 1 John 4, 16. And that love is what motivates us to labor to serve others. Then hope is not some feeble or fleeting thing, but as the uh, complete word dictionary, word study dictionary describes it or defines it, it is the desire of some good with the expectation of obtaining it. So Hebrews 6 says hope provides full assurance, full assurance. In other words, it is the complete assurance. And because we have that assurance, we are motivated to endure and to go through life and to face whatever challenges come. Let me put it this way. Godly hope is faith that is projected into the future. Faith we have now, but faith projected into the future, we could call hope. Faith and hope work together hand in hand. It takes faith in God to have real hope, and it takes godly hope to have real lasting faith. And then love elevates faith and hope above any kind of selfishness. It produces a desire for God's plan so God can give that blessing to every single one. William Barclay had a way of putting it that was very good in his daily study Bible. He said, faith without love is cold and hope without love is grim. Love is the fire which kindles faith and the light which turns hope into certainty. Love's outgoing nature and eternal qualities is what makes it the greatest of these, according to 1 Corinthians 13, when it talks about faith, hope, and love. You can study more about all of these topics online on Life Open Truth. Look for articles about faith and hope and love, and you will find much more. Thanks for listening. For more information from today's featured article, visit lifehopeandtruth.com.